Welcome, brothers and sisters. This is Common and Uncommon with your host, Julio, where we take on a variety of different topics and talk about the popular and unpopular perspective on said topic, from community to national and international. Our goal is not to push one or the other perspective, but to explore both points of view and just engage in fun but thought-provoking conversations. Once again, welcome. Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of Common and Uncommon. Today we'll be discussing the effects of eating soy and going into the common talking points about soy and whether they hold any validity using up-to-date research. So let's get into it. So to start things off, I'd like to mention that soy has had a negative image for quite a while now and this is mostly due to the short-term studies that was done on the effects of soy but on animals, not humans. And while I did do my own research on this topic because I truly wanted to see where these talking points originated from, I honestly couldn't find any recent data to confirm these talking points. And the few articles I did find to confirm these um, were from 10 to like 15 years ago, if not older. The most recent data on soy disproves all of the stereotypes surrounding it. And it's actually interesting because it shows it wasn't so much that those past studies were wrong, but simply misinterpreted by the public. But it was done on purpose by the beef industry. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Which I'll touch on later in this episode. And it'll explain how these misconceptions came to be. I first want to touch on one of the biggest talking points that people will throw out there to discourage people, especially men, to stay away from consuming soy. And that is that soy will feminize you because of the high estrogen levels soy contains. Now, estrogen, for those that may not know, is basically a group of hormones that play a vital role in the development and regulation of the female reproductive system. Um, Some have even stated that because of the high levels of estrogen, it will lead to um, reduction in testosterone. And honestly, with that statement alone, most guys will automatically try to avoid soy, especially the gym bros. And and truth be told, I was one of those gym bros. But, But recent research and data has proven this not to be the case. The main thing that drives this claim is the phytoestrogens. Phyto is Greek for plants, and these phytoestrogens are mostly found in legumes and many soy-based products, ultimately originating from plants, hence the word phyto and phytoestrogens. Um, And these phytoestrogens do indeed interact with our sex hormones in which it binds with estrogen and testosterone receptors, and this is where the big misinterpretation comes in. See, the main compounds found in these phytoestrogens are actually called isoflavones, And these isoflavones mimic estrogen, which gives them the ability to bind with your estrogen receptors. Although similar in its name, they are very much different to each other on a on a molecular level. And so the thought was that since these isoflavones are binding with the estrogen receptors, it would therefore lead to an increase in estrogen and supposedly a decrease in testosterone. But the most recent studies done show that yes, these isoflavones bind with estrogen receptors, but the effects caused by this interaction are rather weak and actually showed little to no changes in testosterone levels in the men that participated in these studies for both short-term and long-term effects. And in most, if not all cases, isoflavones found in soy-containing products are greatly reduced during the processing stage. So no, soy will not feminize you and kill your testosterone levels. That's just that's just a myth. <laughs> um, 
the next uh, the next thing that you will hear is that soy helps to contribute in the formation of tumors and cancer cells in the human body. Um, this talking point couldn't be any further from the truth. So, same as the first talking point, many people were led to believe that since soy contains phytoestrogens, thinking it's the same as estrogens itself, and an influx of estrogen in the body, you know, therefore, it would lead to a more rapid growth of cancer cells, since estrogen helps cancer grow. But this is simply not true, and it's actually the opposite of what happens. Um, studies show that women that consume soy uh, actually have a 30% reduced risk of breast cancer. And the reason for this is because, as I stated before, the isoflavones for, um, from phytoestrogens bind with the estrogen receptors, and basically it acts as a, like, a cover block. And so real estrogen that your body produces isn't able to bind with those estrogen receptors and essentially reducing, if not blocking, one's exposure to estrogen from contributing in the growth of further cancer cells. Um, studies done on women that live in China shows that they don't have any breast cancer rates. This is also, though, um, due to because they don't, they don't uh, consume any dairy which dairy, due to the containing of hormones, has shown to increase uh, risk of breast and other cancers in the human body. But I digress. Soy just does not help cancer cells grow. It actually does the opposite. <laughs> now, I do want to state that it has been shown that a ridiculous amount of soy on a daily basis can be problematic. But here's the catcher. It's an equivalent amount of 54 cups of soy milk every day that can cause some issues. Uh, but, you know, it hasn't been proven. But let's be completely honest, guys. <laughs> no one is consuming 54 cups of soy milk every day. That's just ridiculous. Of course, you know, come on. Too much of anything isn't good for you. So if you're not doing 54 cups of soy milk every day, you're going to be totally fine. And I'm, I'm like 99% sure that <laughs> no one's doing that. But anyways, uh, soy has been, you know, consumed for thousands of years, mostly from Asian countries. Uh, soy contains no cholesterol and very little saturated fat and in return you're getting high protein and a lot of vitamins now some people say that fermented soy is healthier than unfermented soy and in a sense this can be true although not well researched to make a determined conclusion to some degree yes fermented soy has a different uh, nutritional profile so fermentation basically allows microbes to grow inside uh, foods and these are good microbes in the sense that they create amino and fatty acids along with many kinds of vitamins that our body needs so when eating fermented soy you're consuming more of those nutrients in a higher in higher quantities compared to unfermented soy products um, you know soy has a lot of healthy nutrients and vitamins like b12 and many others that honestly i'm not i'm not even going to try to pronounce <laughs> Um, but anyways, soy helps with digestion as well. It improves heart health and even improves bone health. Now I'm going to go into why all these stereotypes came to be. Now, who can we really blame for giving soy such a bad image and making it seem like it's such an evil food? Well, it's no other than the meat industry. Go figure. So in the late 70s and 80s, the reality and the negative effects of the animal agriculture and meat industry started to come to light with the release of some books like uh, Animal Liberation by Peter Singer and another book called Diet for a New America by John Robbins. Um, great book, by the way. Highly recommended. But anyways, this book in particular really shed a lot of light into the livestock industry and the impacts it has on human health, animal welfare, and the environmental effects. 
This resulted in a decrease in beef sales and many believe and agree that this is where the beef industry came in and started a big anti-soy campaign um, that they actually funded and, and they released massive articles with data showing how soy is such an evil food because it has so many phytoestrogens, therefore it's bad for human consumption and that it'll cause breast cancer in women. They even had the audacity to say that it was like being on birth control pills and that, oh no, if your son eats tofu, it'll turn him into a homosexual. <laughs> Just constant negative articles into the evils of tofu. Most, if not all, of those studies were done on animals, not humans. And even then, most of that data was misinterpreted and extremely exaggerated. It's crazy, but unsurprising, the lengths that the animal agriculture industry will go to cover the truth. But we are talking about one of the biggest and richest industries in the world. So there's that. But yeah, guys, these seem to be the main talking points from anti-soy people that I honestly had a feeling were not being completely honest. But I was curious. And after all the research I did and realized how we got this image of soy being bad, it really made me see the whole picture for, for what it was. It's, it's crazy how all that propaganda from the anti-soy campaign uh, funded by the beef industry still lingers around up to today. But in the current era that we live in, with all the information and on studies and data, you know, it's literally at our fingertips. And so there's no excuse to keep believing in those 40-year-old studies, which honestly was just a bunch of propaganda. Remember, guys, data is more important than your feelings. So don't believe the hype, guys. But anyways, thanks for tuning in, fam. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know it helped me see the bigger picture. Uh, I hope it did the same for some of you guys. I'll see you all in the next episode. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Peace, fam.